Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, fellow football fan. Ghana has graced the world with several legendary football players, such as Michael Lashen, Anthony Eboa, and Abidi Pele. But how is the local football culture structured in Ghana? And what can we expect from Ghana at the upcoming World Cup in Qatar? That's what we're going to find out in this episode. I spoke with the current Ghanaian international, as well as a Ghanaian football journalist, to get the answers to those questions. My name is Sam Verraalte, and welcome to The Home of Football, a podcast powered by 433. Ghana is a beautiful country, located on Africa's west coast. It has a population of over 32 million people and almost every single person there loves football. They won the African Cup of Nations four times, but one of Ghana's biggest global achievements was their impressive performance at the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa, where they reached the quarterfinals only to be eliminated by Uruguay in the cruelest of ways. Dominic Adisha's header in the last few moments of extra time was illegally blocked on the line by Luis Suarez's handball. Here we go. Bartrink's there, keeper's lost it, Appiah's there, blocked on the line, blocked on the line again, has it gone in, flag goes up, and the officials are going to have to step in here. Well, it's a red card, it's been blocked on the line. Does this mean Garner have got a penalty with the last kick of the game? Oh, I do not believe it. And although Ghana were awarded the penalty that could have seen them through to the semi-finals. What a moment for Asamoah Jan, what pressure on those shoulders. Suarez leaves the field in tears. Asamoah Jan for Ghana. Oh, and he's missed. Oh, I cannot believe it. And it was the last kick of the game. Asamoah Gyan's penalty ended up hitting a crossbar, which took the game to a penalty shootout. It's Abreu against Kingston. Africa's presence in this World Cup depends on it. Abreu for Uruguay. What a cool from Sebastian Abreu. Ghana are on the floor. Africa's last representatives at this World Cup are going home. Ghanaian hearts were broken as the Black Stars lost 4-2 on penalties. Four years later, Ghana didn't manage to get out of the group stage at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil before failing to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Now, fast forward another four years, and here we are. 
Ghana is going to Qatar and find themselves in Group H with Portugal, South Korea and, yes, you guessed it, Uruguay. Richard Ofori is one of the goalkeepers in the Ghana squad. He currently plays for Orlando Pirates in South Africa and has picked up 25 caps for his country. I called him for this podcast episode. Here's Richard Ofori on Ghana's love for football. Yeah, football is everything in Ghana because um, growing up, you see every corner, every every community, everywhere you go, you travel to in Ghana, you see people playing. Whether kids, old men, you see them playing. So, if we're Ghana football, they don't they don't joke with football. Football is their life because um, we don't have any other sport when it comes to other sports. We don't have any other sport that um, has excelled themselves like football the way football has. So um, before, now it used to be a boxing because now we used to have Azuma Nelson back then. So like everyone, the, the country supports uh, boxing a lot. But um, it changed to football since um, um, boxing boxing is no like uh, no longer like before. So it changes to football. So football Ghana, the way they take their football, it's not like uh, just a football. It's, it's football is it's, it's a life for the country. So it's not a joke like when you are playing for for the country. Yeah, exactly. And what does it mean to you personally and and to to your family perhaps that you got to represent your country and that you're part of the national team? Yeah, um it's not easy to be to be to wear that jersey which is the Ghana jersey because um we have a lot of qualities um across the globe. We have so many talents and then we have so many good players that plays in uh all over the world. So it's not easy for you to be even a, for you if it's 23 or 28 or 25 to cut a call up is not easy. So for for me to be there um, so many years, my family is happy. I'm happy because um, um, even when they call 23 and then you are in, it's not easy because we have so many quality players there out there. Everyone also wants to play for the for the for the national team. So my family is happy. And I'm happy. And then um, the most important thing is when you are playing for the national team, um, um, a lot of people will know you in the country because you are playing for the national team. So sometimes they open some opportunities for you also as a player. So um, it's a it's a very good um, um, benefit for the player and for your family. So it's good to it's good it's good to be there. If I'm not mistaken, you made your debut for Ghana in 2017. What was that like in your experience? Do you, can you describe to me in full detail what it was like to put on the jersey and then go on the pitch and know that you are about to represent your country? It was great because uh, you know, that was I've been waiting that time I was like I, I was waiting for so long because um I was I was with the national team for so long from I think um, 2016, but um, always part of the team. But now, like that time, I hasn't gotten any opportunity to play, play for 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 to start for for, for the country. So for 2017, which is um, we're playing Afcon third place game against uh, Burkina. So um, I had an opportunity to play. So it was a it was a great day, and then. Um, um, I was waiting for the, that opportunity to play for the for the team because I was I was part of the team for so long. So it was an amazing day for me. Kind of you are nervous. All, all of uh, at the at the same time, um, you want to you want to show your talent what you got. So and then at that time too, I was the um, only 
local player in the squad. So um, I need at that time too, I need to represent the the local the local players also for 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 to create opportunities for other ones also. At that time, a lot of people were expecting something because um, they were talking about me a lot that uh, they haven't given me opportunity to play. So um, everyone was uh, was was waiting to was waiting to see what was going to happen. But um, for me. Um, it was a very great day, and then um, at the same time, um, that feeling, that that feeling of um, waiting for for your time, you know. So it was a very great, day, a very great moment for me at that time. When Richard Ofori made his debut for Ghana, he represented the local players because most of the players who get a call up for Ghana play abroad in Europe for clubs in the Premier League, for example. But Richard played in the Ghanaian Premier League when he made his debut for Ghana. I called the Ghanaian journalist Oweraku Ampofo, who knows everything about local football and Ghana's national football team. Here's Oweraku on the Ghanaian Premier League. Well, so in, in terms of our local football, I think it was it was much better in previous years. Uh, we've had our own issues uh, in terms of structure. Is uh, We have our own top flight league, that's the Ghana Premier League. And then... You can come to us lower where you have the Division 1 and then the Division 2 and a few youth leagues around. Much recently, we have seen, you know, Colts football uh, being revived. But in terms of the Ghana Premier League, uh, we've had our own issues, as I said. In the past four or five years, uh, the leagues have been on a couple of suspensions. And one, due to an investigation that we had that, exposed some form of bribery and corruption and so the league had to go on break and then we had COVID disrupt the league as well and uh, we've also had some personal issues some court cases uh, you know slowly dragging the league and preventing it from gaining that level of consistency that we used to have Uh, but as I said it's just not as good as it used to be uh, because you see Ghanaian club teams not even going past the first or second round in you know African club uh, competitions, and that's not how things were. At a point, we had our clubs like Asante Kotoko, Hart of Folk, dominating football in not just the country but Africa as well. Unfortunately, we do not see that extension, and that could be due to a lot more factors. But as all of these structures problems, uh, structure problems are coming. It's, it's also coupled with the fact that uh, fans are also losing interest. And currently, if you talk about football in the country, it's always about the Black Stars. That's the national team. Uh, they get all the attention from all stakeholders. It's just never the same uh, when you look at club football. Uh, so the culture really at this point is centered around the Black Stars. When they are playing, time literally stops in the country. And even when we had our worst ever Afcon. Just a month later, when we played Nigeria in Kumasi at the Babaya Raspo Stadium, the stadium was filled to the brim. And so it just gives you an idea of the love that people have for the Black Stars. Uh, but I think you need to earn it over the time. And uh, club football, if the right steps are taken, uh, we should be able to see it get back up again. In 2017, Richard Ofori left the Ghanaian Premier League for South Africa, where he currently plays for the Orlando Pirates. Here's Richard on what needs to be improved in Ghanaian football in order to compete with other leagues in Africa. Yeah, most of the time, you know, um, pitches, um, you know, when you have a good pitch, good sponsorship that um, 
um, they can they can televise your league. It makes the league successful. Those are the two important things um, in every 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 league. Um, all the leagues that I've seen is the way they televises and then they, they are pitches. So those are the two important things that I think if things change and then um, if they they, they, they have um, um, at least um, good, good pitches like um, the way South Africa has, um, I think the league can compete. All right, so the local league needs better pitches, infrastructure and investments if it wants to improve. But in the meantime, the national team of Ghana has managed to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar. Here's Richard Lofori and what goes on in Ghana when the national team is about to play a World Cup game. You know one thing um, about Ghana? Ghana, um, when things are not going for for the national team, everyone um, start to, like they don't want to watch the national team, they talk about the national team, it's like they are not supporting the national team. That is, that is, that is true fan. Um, or uh, people that they love um, the, the team. You know, when things are not going well, you see them like everyone is talking about the team. Um, they don't they don't have um, the hope. They don't have belief in the team and stuff. But as soon as um, the game starts, like today, maybe tomorrow, um, Ghana has a game. Everyone switch to watch the game. So the nation, every, the people mount um, giant screen. For uh, for other people that they maybe they are they are working outside for them to watch the game. So it's crazy out there. Like when 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 Ghana has a game, it's, it's not easy because everyone in the nation, everyone want the people. Even if someone is not watching, the people that they are they don't have television or they are not home to watch the game. They listen to radio to listen to the game. So that is that is how 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 passion uh, how how they take the team. So. To play for the team, I'm telling you, it's not easy. I asked journalist Oraku Mpofo to highlight a couple of the players from the national team. Here's Oraku. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I may pick maybe a couple or three players. be uh, Just because if you look through the national team at the moment... The potential pool or the likely squad that would be going to Qatar to represent the national team would only have two players uh, who've ever featured at the World Cup. So that's the IU brothers, Jordan IU and Andrew IU. And so for majority of the squad, this could be their first ever World Cup. And so that is essentially means that there would be a lot more anticipation to see how a lot of these players perform. But 
if I'm to, uh, you know, finger pick two, three players, I think top of my list would be Mohamed Kudus. And I think what he's done in the past two, three months has accelerated him possibly. And he's become the poster boy of the team uh, due to his performances with Ajax, which is really miraculous because at the beginning of the season uh, everyone was wondering what's happening to him is a World Cup year is he going to play or not and a lot of Ghanaians were really concerned but things I'm glad things have you know turned around he started to play and not just to play but also uh, to score as well and uh, he's probably his most prolific calendar year that he's he's had in his career and it's good for the national team of course to have players who are high in confidence but for Kudus, I feel he can always offer more because he's playing as a force now in Ajax. Uh, but in the national team, he plays much deeper in the number 10, number 8 role where he sees the ball a lot. And so I think the world would truly get to see more of him uh, during the World Cup. So that's one player that I would uh, pinpoint that he should be able to take Qatar by storm and really show his skill. Uh, second player, I think, for me, it would be Thomas Pate, uh, because it's been it's been a very difficult two three years for the player. Signed probably the move of his career, uh, joined Arsenal, and the, the amount of optimism that surrounded the move, expectations that Ghanaians had, uh, because he's always been likened to the likes of Michael Essien, who are legends of the game, and to come to the Premier League at that age in his prime. A lot more people expected uh, to see his impact. But unfortunately, uh, that has been blighted by injuries and that's through no fault of his. But for the first time, you're starting to see his real importance in the team. Uh, that's Arsenal. And he's getting some run of games. And so that's also a good sign. But there's also been the worry that his injury could always come back. And we had a slight hint in the last international window where... He picked up a knock in the warm-up and uh, due to precautionary uh, you know, reasons, he pulled out of the friendly and had to go to London, ended up playing, which is good news. But then you keep on asking yourself, would you be able to rely on Thomas Pate? Because now uh, the, the games are coming in thick and fast. It's such a congested season. How is it going to affect his performance in Qatar? But the hope is that he would be able to find himself fit. And if he is fit, he definitely does make the difference. You can tell that this is an experienced top player uh, playing you know, at the height of his game. And so if he is fit, I think he would also be one to look out for because he knows this is his first World Cup and he has a lot to prove. Uh, but my third player uh, is, is, is difficult. I would have said Mohamed Salisu. Centre-back from Southampton. Uh, what's his role in the team yeah. now? Well, for Salisu, sources close to the player said that he wanted to make sure he settles as a, at his Premier League club uh, before he starts to you know, pick up national team duties. And he had a really fantastic 2021-2022 season where he ranked top five, top six, top seven uh, in metrics such as tackles, interceptions. And this is the Premier League, uh, probably if not the best league in the world. And so... For him, I think that was his definition of settling, coming into his debut season and really having an impact to ensure that his name is being talked about. And for Salisu, I always say that he's a special breed. Uh, Left-sided, left-footed centre-backs are pretty rare in world football right now, especially the type that 
uh, confident on the ball. Uh, he's aerially dominant. He's physically imposing, and he's not shy. Uh, to put in, you know, a foot and tackle as well. And so he's all that you want in a left-sided centre-back. And the news that he finally wants to play for Ghana was under also brought excitement because he brings extra quality to the team. Uh, but at the centre-back role, he also came in at a time where Amate, Daniel Amate of Leicester City and, you know, Alexander Jiku uh, of Charles Berg had also built a really solid partnership. In fact, if you look at under the new... Uh, regime of Otoado, uh, who's been the coach of the national team for about six, seven, eight months now. Uh, Jiku and Amate had started together in more than 80% of the games. And so they had also built a really great partnership. So it made sense that when Ghana played against Brazil in the recent friendlies, he opted to go with that centre-back pairing. However, after uh, a baptism of fire in the first half, he introduced Salisu in the second half. And look, after the game, every Ghanaian was talking about Salisu. And you barely see that uh, for people to be uh, you know, high in praises for a centre-back. And that's because of the impact that he had. Whenever he touches the ball, you could tell that he's a different player. Uh, his technique is confident on the ball. His ability to pick passes from the back uh, really just helped him ease and settle into the team. And you could see then the performance of the Black Stars in the second half. But the real test will definitely come in the final friendly against Switzerland and then potentially at the World Cup. But so far, so good for Mohamed Salisu. Here's Richard Ofori on what he's expecting from Ghana at the upcoming World Cup. At the end of the day, we are all one Ghana. We want to represent the country in, in a good way and then um, to, to, to represent the country um, to the best level. The country is in our heart. We love the country. That's why they, when they call each and everyone, everyone is um, rushing to come and play for the team. So, so that 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 tells you how the, the the guys love the country. But going for the World Cup, uh, I know it's not going to be easy. Uh, World Cup is a bigger stage. Everyone is watching. Everyone wants to play. Everyone wants to perform to their best level. So I know it's not going to be easy. But um, we have the men also. We have the qualities to 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 compete. So we are we are going there as an um, we are going there as an underdogs. So there we, we pray that um, things go well for the country. So Ghana will face Uruguay once again at the World Cup. Their fixture could prove to be a decisive one, as it will be both teams' final group match. Here's Oruaku and Puffo on the weight of that game for the people of Ghana. Uh, it was fate uh, for this to happen to give Ghana the opportunity. Uh, well, some 12 years later to be able to make amends. But if if you speak to you know the players, the coaches, the, the feeling really is that the best way to really have your revenge is to ensure that you qualify. That's the first thing that you think of because at the end of the day, there's no benefit in beating just Uruguay and then you end up coming home after you know, that, that game and Uruguay end up qualifying. So it is a really important game. One that I feel there would be a lot of subplots, stories to tell. And most importantly, there will be a lot of emotions attached. But at the end of the day, I think the objective remains the same. And that's to ensure that they qualify from their group and to ensure that when they are heading into that game, they still stand a realistic chance of qualifying. Of course, if you look at the national team, as I said, potentially, only Andrea, you 
could be he possibly could be the only player who was in the squad at that time because Andre uh, picked up uh, you know a double yellow card so he was suspended uh, for the quarterfinal game against Uruguay so he wasn't there actually and if Andre plays in Qatar in that game he will be the captain of the national team at that time and so for him it could be that game where he all, it's not just him, but a lot of Ghanaians believe if Andrea you played that game against Uruguay, things could have been different. So it's, I guess it's now time to find out whether maybe 12 years later he really could have made that difference. He's a much older player now, but I feel personally he would want to do one not just for himself, but for the country as well. But the objective remains the same, to be Portuguese and to be Uruguay and to ensure that that victory is enough uh, for the team to head to the knockout stages uh, for the third time in its history. All right. That's good to hear, man. What do you think? Do you think Ghana will go through uh, the first round in the World Cup? It it might be possible in this group, right? Yeah, it, it, it could. It could be possible. I mean, in 2006, uh, no one really gave us a dog's chance. Uh, well, we had you know, Italy, the USA and Czech Republic. And we ended up beating USA and Czech Republic, two teams who were ranked in the top five at that time. Yeah. And so for me, yes, Ghana are going into the World Cup as the lowest ranked team. But rankings don't really say much uh, because of the system and we know how it drags. It's probably a reflection of the last two years, not just what's happening now. I think we've become a much stronger team with the new additions. And if we could find a way of just remaining compact, that's the most important thing. If we could remain compact and play games, we I think we have enough quality to be able to disrupt teams on the break or create something for ourselves. Portugal themselves are struggling a bit. We saw in the UEFA Nations League and even before that, uh, they're just not the team that they used to be when they won the Euros. Yeah. Things are just not going their way again. Uruguay... I feel they've gone past a golden generation. It looks like another one is starting. But yeah, they're not also playing the best of football. South Korea, a lot depends on Son Heung-Ming as well. And so I think that the teams in the group are not eagerly poised. I cannot say that Portugal are playing the best football, so we should be able to top the group. That could happen. But there is also that slightest chance that if Ghana remains compact against all three teams, they should be able to you know, amass some points. And the World Cup, you don't have to win all your games to qualify. We've seen that in the past two, three World Cups. You just have to find a way of getting some points and hoping that other results go your way. And so at this point, it's more of hope, but it will become a lot more clearer after the final friendlies before the tournament in Qatar. Ghana will be going to Qatar as the lowest ranked team, but they just might surprise the world of football. It wouldn't be the first time. Facing the likes of Portugal, South Korea and Uruguay will present a huge challenge for the Ghanaian players. And I wish them the best of luck. I want to thank Richard Ofori and Oraku Ampofo for their interviews. Follow this podcast to never miss any episode. And if you want to have early access to our podcast episodes, download the 433 app. It's free and our podcast episodes are published there a week earlier than on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Alright, my name is Sam Verraalte, thank you for listening, and on to the next story in the home of football. Hi guys, Frankie here, I just filmed the podcast with 433. I'm Rafa Ferdinand. I'm Mario Götze. 
My name is Clarence Seedorf. Hi, I'm Sunil Chetri. I just finished my podcast with 433. Yo, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Adi Bioacting Founder, a.k.a. Mr. Beast Mode. I just finished the podcast with 433. Hi, 433 fans. It's Don Robbie in the building, right? And we are here for a great podcast. I want you to check it out. Hi, 433. I am Fabrizio Romano. Check out my story on the podcast. It was a great pleasure. Market.